This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. So, like I mentioned at the top, the Miami Dolphins are duking it out with the Houston Texans. And it's important to keep in mind as we discuss this stuff, this is two teams that faced last year. Uh, the Dolphins pretty much kicked the doors open in the first half. The second half, I remember, was a little scary, but nothing too, too crazy. Uh, so, gentlemen, let's start by running through the injuries. What have we heard so far about the Miami Dolphins and Houston Texans um, down in Houston? We're, we're, it feels like deja vu. We're, we're dealing with a, a litany of defensive back injuries once again. You know, first, first Jalen Ramsey goes down. Then Cam Smith uh, deals with the shoulder injury during their uh, first preseason contest with the Falcons, and he's been limited at practice. I think he's just been kind of going out there and stretching and going through individual drills, basically anything that doesn't involve your arm because, you know, he doesn't have a leg injury. He can run out, get out there and do stretches and run sprints and whatnot. Uh, and today we find out from Mike McDaniel that now Cater Kohu is dealing with something. What that is, we don't know. Um, much like Cam Smith, he was out there stretching, going through uh, individual stuff, did not participate in team drills. So the defensive back room, once again, uh, suffering through, battling through some some dings here and there. Um, nothing sounds super serious uh, with Smith and Kohu there. Does sound like they'll both be available uh, fingers crossed, knocking on wood here. They'll both be available for week one. Um, but but you hate to see that. <laughs> you know, we're all a little scarred from last year's defensive back injuries that just, they, like, uh, like, uh, they, just, they just kept coming. Like, it, they didn't stop. They never, they never ended. It was just a, a year-long thing. So hopefully they can get through this and they can remain healthy there. Um, you know, Liam Eikenberg's injured do we can i ask josh about the cornerbacks real quick i'd like to yeah, get his yeah, thoughts absolutely. on them so so josh one thing i think we heard that's a little interesting is the fact that cam smith wanted to go out there and prove to his teammates that you know he wanted to stay on the field to show those guts yeah what do you say in that presser in college about just letting his nuts drop or something gotta, like that i mean yeah, let the nuts drop. next man up just let your nuts drop and that's that's what he's doing. So um, it's definitely not what you want to hear him and Cater being out. But the fact that it's now, I'd much rather them be out sitting now doing stretches, things like that, and just waiting for week one because uh, the preseason, to a lot of these guys, it matters. They're trying to make a roster spot. But Cater Kohu's not one of those guys. And Cam Smith, I mean, I think we've seen enough of him. So just let his balls drop. He wanted to go out there and prove to his teammates that he was a dog. And um, he showed that, right? But uh, let's wrap him and Cater in uh, saran wrap, you know, bubble wrap until the season starts. 
Merrick defined it perfectly in terms of how we should feel about these. And Josh defined it. It's, it's bubble wrap season. Anytime anybody starts limping, any type of injury, it's wrap them up in bubble wrap and kick it down the road and see how they're feeling in a week. Guys, Nick Needham still isn't out there practicing. That's another one we were really hoping would kind of get involved here. Uh, so knowing that these guys are out, but let me hear some of the names that you guys have been interested to follow along, especially in this cornerback room, because I always go back to uh, Kedron Smith. Uh, he's kind of a versatile safety cornerback, but he looked really, really strong in that first preseason game, considering it's the first preseason game. Well, I think the first guy you got to mention is the guy that's probably going to start opposite Xavier Howard week one, and that's Noah Igbenogene, who wow. has turned it on as of late. Uh, talk about waiting until the last minute to do so, right? Like, like he's in the final year of his contract. Obviously, the team did not pick up his fifth-year option. Um, former First round selection on the Miami Dolphins, who's done pretty much nothing outside of a, a game ceiling interception against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Um, but other than that, he's been a major, major disappointment. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And all of a sudden uh, in the Vic Fangio defense in a, in a more zone based scheme, he seems to be uh, he seems to be taken off. He's, he's sprouting some wings here, uh, which you know, probably has a lot to do, like I like I said, with the zone-based scheme, the Vic Fangio defense, but also could have something to do with the fact that he's growing up. He's older. He was, what, 19 years old when he was drafted into the NFL? That's insanity. That That's crazy. Him injected. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I look at pictures from when I was 19 years old, and I look like a, a small child compared to, uh, you know, this this body I live in at 37, uh, not quite a drastic difference, that drastic of a difference for Noah Igbenogany, but but he's he's turning into a man, you know what I mean? Like like that has to do something. And we all saw the presser for, from a couple weeks ago, and he seems more at ease, more he, he has peace of mind now. So he's growing up uh, physically, he's growing up mentally and emotionally. That's going to help him on the field, and currently it is because all all signs uh, point to a, a major year ahead for Noah Igbenogany, and I probably just jinxed him there, but hopefully not. Josh, who would start the slot in that scenario? Yeah, I still think it's got to be Cater. I think that's kind of where they were trying to get him going, Cater in the slot there. So what, Noah on the outside? I mean, I was going to say another guy we're watching is Eli Apple just because of his experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a chance that he could get in there and snipe some of those um, – I guess reps, but I still think the best way to go about it is again, I think it just depends on how they view Cater Kohu. If he's a, a more, a better suitor for the outside or inside, I think they were planning on having him in the inside. So they're going to go with him there. And then Noah Igbenogany versus Eli Apple, you know, Cam Smith, if he comes back sooner than later, it's a battle. It's a fun battle. And I'm excited to see what Vic Fangio can do with them. I mean, that's why you give the down and hope that he can do something this year under a great coach like that in his, do or die season. It is such a tough scenario. It kills me that we're back on this in the secondary. I want to ask you guys, and we'll wrap up with the cornerbacks with this. Where would Eli Apple have to land, let's say, three three weeks from now for you to be surprised? That could be up, down, around, playing safety. Um, where do you feel his expectations are in terms of being in that box in this cornerback room that is relatively already solidified? Well, with these injuries, you know, coming as of late, I think that only helps Eli Apple mm-hmm. because I, honestly, when you look at the contract, very little money guaranteed to Eli Apple a couple weeks ago, I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me he was cut before the season start. 
before the season started. And, you know, he brings that veteran presence. So I would like to see Eli Apple on this team. But again, I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me that that he was cut before the season started. I think with these injuries now, he has uh, a better chance to stick. So I think there's a wide range of possibilities uh, all the way up to he's starting opposite Xavier Howard or he's off the team by the time week one rolls around. I don't think his position is solidified at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope we don't have to rely on Eli Apple, I guess, is what the best way to view it. I guess it depends on how some of these guys are truly feeling that, you know, are just going out there and stretching. We mentioned Cam Smith, Kierko, so uh, we'll see the way it unfolds. But, yeah, we could see him in free agency. You know, we could be seeing him play on another roster by the time the season starts, but it's all to Eli Apple and, again, a lot of those injuries. A decade-long conversation continues on. Uh, Merrick mentioned it a little while ago, but Liam Eichenberg, he was on the bike a few – Jump in and correct me if I'm wrong with any of this because this stuff changes so quickly. But I believe a couple days ago they said he was on a bike, but he wasn't necessarily injured. And all of a sudden we have Robert Hunt playing, excuse me, Robert Jones playing well. We have Lester Cotton playing well. So can we get a little bit of a vibe check about what on earth is helping with this offensive line? Because I'm about, I don't know, two tweets away from saying Robert Hunt should be right tackle and have those two guys play guard. Well, I think uh, I think what's hurting Liam the most right now are his feelings. Because I, I feel like this, uh, this bike riding stint is more of a punishment than anything else, any other injury he might be dealing with. I think they might be turning the page on Liam Eikenberg. I think they brought in uh, plenty of competition. Uh, Isaiah Wynn's here. Dan Feeney's here. He's kind of battling his own injury right now. But then you mentioned it. Robert Jones playing well. Lester Cotton playing well. I think Liam Eikenberg's days as a starter on this team are not just numbered, but they're over. I think I think the Liam Eikenberg experience is done. Nailing Coffin. And I, I think Official. so. I, I really do. I think you'll see Isaiah Wynn start at left guard. But like you mentioned, I wouldn't be surprised to see Robert Jones or Lester Cotton shore up that position. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a right guard spot open at some point here. But uh, as far as the left guard spot goes and as far as Liam Eikenberg goes, uh, I'm, I'm done with them, and I think the Dolphins are too. Yeah, get him get him off our team. I think in Jake's pool, I voted for a win at left guard and then Jones at right guard and uh, Robert Hunt at right tackle. So that's Crazy, where I went right? with that. But yeah, that, that's where I went with that. So I don't know, man. If Liam Eikenberg never starts another game for the Dolphins, I think we'll all be okay, right? We'll, we'll all be at ease and feel be content with that. I think he's only on the roster still because of how high they, you know, they moved up for him still in his rookie deal. But yeah, get him off my team. Maybe and for cl- for clarity's sake, that's exactly what I was referencing to Josh. I did not think that – I don't want anyone out there to think I was saying bench Robert Hunt or trade him or get him off the team. I meant maybe you see Robert Hunt play right tackle, and if we got multiple guards that are excelling now, maybe a Robert Jones or a Lester Cotton can play over on the right side if you got Isaiah Wynn on the left. And then Feeney lurks, like you mentioned. Someone mentioned Feeney. Yeah. It's so hard. Do you engineer this offensive line? Do you reverse engineer this offensive line? Because we could happily sit here and say Teron Armstead is a left tackle, Connor Williams is a center, and we'd be geniuses. However, after that, there are just so many different pieces to the puzzle where in years past, I think there might have been a sixth, maybe a seventh offensive lineman who was really competing. But this is a scenario where, you know, I mentioned Robert Jones and Lester Cotton as two guys who have made some noise but the Dolphins a month ago signed Isaiah Wynn so there are just so many different avenues this offensive line is going to go down where it's a little strange because I will block mute kick anybody who says they need to trade an offensive line 
right? This is a great problem to have. Uh, so to kind of wrap this up, to kind of get a gut check, obviously we're going to learn more come Saturday as the Dolphins and Texans play in what should be the dress rehearsal. But can I get your guys's? Um, we'll just do first week of the season. What is going to be that opening weekend in LA against the Chargers? Um, who's going to be starting on that offensive line? Yeah, and I think they got to figure this out sooner rather than later, especially if they're going to be playing starters um, this weekend uh, in the preseason game against the Texans. You want you want your guys out there protecting Tua because, God forbid, Tua gets injured in a preseason game. Heads are going to roll. Uh, but as far as week one goes, he, I will predict, obviously, Teron Armstead starting at left tackle. Uh, even though I don't – did you guys see Adam Beasley today? Like – you know, putting it out there that that maybe Armstead wouldn't be ready for week one due to his injuries. That's crazy. We better hope that that's not the case because this team cannot afford to not have Teron Armstead out there at the, the beginning of the season. So I will predict predict uh, Teron Armstead, left tackle, Isaiah Wynn, left guard. I will take Connor Williams, obviously, as your starting center, Robert Hunt as your right guard. And I think I'm still rolling with Austin Jackson. He's on a short leash. But I'm rolling with Austin Jackson right now. And if he uh, starts to struggle, you could easily see Kendall Lamb taking over that starting spot. Or, like we talked about a few minutes ago, moving Robert Hunt over there and giving Lester Cotton or Robert Jones a shot at the right guard spot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, when you, before you started talking, I quick wrote down my answer so I didn't forget it. And I was going with... Armstead at left tackle, Win at left guard, Williams at center, Hunt at right guard, and Jackson at right tackle. So I, I mean, I feel so dirty just echoing. We're on you, the so. same page. Yeah, it so makes I'm gonna. Much sense. But we're gonna move Hunt out. We'll move Hunt out to right tackle, and then uh, Robert Jones at right guard. I, that's what I'll do just to be different. But I think it'll be. I prefer Jackson. to do that. Yeah, Austin I would Jackson's prefer gonna to get do a chance. That. Austin Jackson's gonna get a chance. He looks like an Avenger yeah. now. Um, did you guys see the video of Connor Williams getting his like shit kicked in by one of the Texans? Sure, sure did. Yeah. You don't like to see that. Now, how far do we go? Um, we don't have to go too deep into detail, but if Austin Jackson isn't your right tackle, he has experience at left guard. How how likely are you guys to move someone? Like a Rob, what would need to happen for this offense for you to look at Robert Hunt square in the eyes, excuse me for dropping stuff and say, all right, man, we've spent years making you our left right guard. I've been on this podcast numerous times saying, I think continuity stability is so important, but what, what would we need to see against the Houston Texans for us to actually start the dialogue of um, much like Ryan Tannehill was a right wide receiver. Robert Hunt indeed was a right tackle. Well, I guess you're going to have to see Tua stay upright because if he doesn't and Tua gets sacked multiple times in his uh, limited reps against the Texans in this second preseason game, for me personally, that would be enough to say, all right, we're done. Austin Jackson, you are out of here. You know, obviously, if that's Austin Jackson's fault, you're out of here. We're putting Robert Hunt over there. We got a couple of guys who've been excelling in practice uh, at the guard spot. And you know what? I don't. I don't think Robert Hunt would be adverse to that. Tackles get paid more than guards, and this dude's up for an extension. So <laughs> I think Robert Hunt would welcome uh, that move uh, with open arms. But it's all going to come down to can they block long enough for Tua to get the ball off? 
so he doesn't take sacks, so he doesn't get injured, so he can play a full 17-game season so the Dolphins can win football games, get to the playoffs, win playoff games, make a Super Bowl, and win a GD Super Bowl for the first time in a long time. Uh, but, it, but it all starts on, on Saturday, right? If we see two out there. Dude, I'm like the parakeet from Aladdin because that's exactly what I was going to say about the whole price thing. Maybe the Dolphins are just waiting for him to get through this, sign him cheaper as a guard, and then make the transition to, to right tackle. But I, I remember I did Genius. cut-ups for, for him again. Like when he played at right tackle, cut-ups against the New England Patriots, I'm sure I posted on Twitter and things like that. I mean, I was always a fan of him moving to right tackle. But I think we mentioned it before on the pod. I think they view him at right guard as like an all-pro and then – you know, a solid but very good right tackle. So we'll see if they break the – in case of emergency, I still think they hope that Austin Jackson works out. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll see, man. Robert Hunt's the man. Let's just make sure we lock him up, pay the man, right? Just like Christian Wilkins. We got to talk about Christian Wilkins at some point, right? I don't, I don't even know where we're transitioning You at. just did the – you know, Josh, you should have just walked all the way into the batter's box because you just nailed the segue for me. You guys are talking about contracts. I mean, this is something we should have talked about at the top. Uh, but Tuesday – Wednesday was the first day that we have heard uh, Christian Wilkins. Thanks for the fact check on that, Josh. Uh, today was the first day we heard that Christian Wilkins hasn't been practicing in team acti- team drills, I should say, um, because him and the Dolphins are talking about a new contract and doesn't want to get hurt. This is very newsworthy. I don't think it's surprising. I don't think it's a shock, and I don't think anyone's on the wrong side. I think everything's happened the way it's supposed to. Do you guys have any gripes there? I guess my only gripe would be, be with, with Chris Greer for not getting it done sooner. And mm-hmm. while I am not in the camp, like some people on Dolphins Twitter, it's not even called, it's, was it Dolphins X now? Like, it's, this is dumb. All of this is dumb. But on Dolphins social media, uh, I'm not in the camp, as some are, where you crap on everything Chris Greer does. I think Chris Greer is actually a pretty darn good GM, and that's the reason why this roster is as good as it is right now. But one area of concern I still have with Chris Greer is he doesn't get these extensions done early enough to where they could be bargain deals in a year or two. He waits a long time. And you're seeing him. Yep. Ogba is an example. You see that right now with with some other guys. You know, two is going to end up being expensive. I understand waiting on him. You want to see if he stays healthy. Um, But but you got uh, Christian Wilkins right now who – just a year ago, you probably could have got away with paying him $17.5, million a year. But now the defensive tackle market has been completely reset with a handful uh, of new contracts for some stud guys this offseason. And now you're looking at $21, $22 million a year for Christian Wilkins. And the difference between $17 and $22 is $5 million, which you could have probably put in Dalvin Cook's pocket and he'd be a, a Miami Dolphin instead of a New York Jet right now. So let's not pretend that $5 million is insignificant in NFL money. So I'd like to see that deal get done. I do think it will. I think him holding out a team drills. And Mike McDaniel, when he talked about that today, he he didn't sound concerned. He understood the value that Christian Wilkins brings to this team. So it sounds like they're all kind of on the same page and they might just be dotting some I's and crossing, crossing some T's right now. But I do think a Christian Wilkins deal gets done before the start of the regular season. Yeah, I just don't understand why Chris Greer just kind of sat on his ass and watched all these other defensive tackles get paid before then saying, okay, I, now I'm going to pay the guy I was probably planning on paying, you know, six months ago. So um, I don't understand any of that. But Mike McDaniel did say at his presser, I saw him say it was up to Wilkins when he'd returned to practice. So 
I don't know. Does that make it sound like he has a deal on the table that he should just sign and get back out there? Or is that his way of saying um, it's all on Christian Wilkins, this little hold in or hold out, whatever the hell they're calling it? That's such a good question. It's a hard one to digest. Um, you do wonder if there was something behind that. And, and Josh, I kind of thought there might have been, but I think it would have been too obvious if he said it was up to, you know, and, and kind of pointed like, hey, Christian, we have a deal on you. I think it's more of just letting him know, like, we, we support however long you're going to be out. We'll be ready for you the moment you come back. And Xavier Howard actually said some pretty great things about this, too, that I thought was important because um, – what, a couple years ago when you signed Byron Jones to make him the highest paid cornerback on the team, Xavier Howard wasn't going to have that. He had, I think he actually held out. This this is a hold in, but I think Howard was actually out. Um, and it was awkward at first, but slowly the Dolphins worked through a game of pay raise and then gave him a better contract at the end of the year. I do think things might be a little more similar here, but what were you guys' thoughts? Did that kind of make you feel a little better hearing X kind of talk about it? Someone who's been through the same process with the organization, a lot of the same front office guys? X is a good teammate, and and most of the players understand that when it comes to money, you're going to support your teammate because eventually you're going to be in the same boat. You know, a year from now, you're going to be looking at Javon Holland getting some money. A couple of years from now, Jalen Phillips getting some money. Jalen Waddle is going to need to be paid here soon. Tua Tungabailoa is going to need to be paid if he can stay healthy. Uh, so I think these guys understand, hey, we want Christian to get the best deal for Christian. Uh, because eventually we're going to want the same thing. So uh, I think X said all the right things, but he also said, hey, Christian's got to be ready when he does get that contract. He's got to be ready to come back and perform on the field. So make sure you're staying in shape. And by all accounts, Christian is. Uh, I saw a tweet, I can't remember who it was from, that he was running wind sprints after practice was over. So um, that's a good sign. And, and I just continue to think, like we have for months, uh, that this deal is going to get done sooner rather than later. I do think it gets done before the season starts. Yeah, and I'll get, you know, the locker room all fired up, like Jake mentioned before, you know, the chemistry and getting everybody jazzed up. I, I was completely uh, – I overlooked this. You know, I was being simple-minded, that Dory brain. I wasn't even thinking. He's probably also sitting out because they might be on the brink of getting this contract done, and they don't want him getting hurt in joint practices. I mean, mm -hmm. I, that's an obvious thing, but I – I just realized that. So, um, it, you took the positive spin. Who would ever do that? Who would ever think that he's doing wow. this to stay safe when a contract's almost done? Josh, are you a Dolphins fan? Is that a Dolphins hat? It, <laughs> a bunch, bunch of Dolphins stuff behind me too. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's interesting because I think everyone's being so professional about this. You mentioned the wind sprints. I think he during all of practice, he was sitting there with his helmet on cheering on his guys. I think Raekwon Davis got a pretty big sack and Christian Wilkins went absolutely nuts on the sideline. I don't think he jumped on anyone's foot. Surprise, uh, surprise. Raekwon needs, Raekwon needs to get paid too. Sack sealer. It, it is bananas. The list that goes on and on. You um, said Robert Hunt, right? We got to remember Robert Hunt. Yeah. It's just nice that it seems like the organization is, is comfortable talking about this because I think we will see other front offices. I mean, it's so tough if you only follow one team to really have an impression on how the NFL works. Uh, but I mean, you're starting to see a team that is very comfortable and, and open about talking about this stuff. And I think that's a result of, uh, Tua mentioned it. This is a team that's led by players, players, excuse me. This is a team that is built from the players, by the players, for the players. The coaching staff is there to direct, maneuver everything. The front office is there to kind of fill the cupboard. But to me, that kind of says like, hey, we can have these conversations. We know what these guys are worth. And it's not going to be awkward and it's not going to hurt anything, us being able to talk about this openly. And I think that's very important too. 
Yeah, and and I think Teron Teron Armstead even mentioned the same thing. You know, like it, it feels like everybody's got each other's backs, and you would think totally. that would that would lead to a deal. He's Christian Wilkins is so important to that locker room. He's not just important to them on the field, um, where he is very important, but to the locker room and the continuity there and getting his dudes fired up. He's he's always excited for himself. It, it's just it's a no brainer to get this thing done. And if somehow. Chris Greer fumbles this, then you might see me jumping the fence to the other side where I'm telling, all right, we got to get rid of this fellow. We got to, we got to figure out how we can keep these young studs before they go and ball out for other teams. Josh, you got anything else on uh, Christian Wilkins here? Because I, I want to get your, th- actually, I'll ask you this. Is it kind of lame that we're just sitting here and saying it all boils down to sacks? I think that is very kind of a lazy analysis that's going on when um, the, the big, hurdle that everyone is reporting and they're all saying we believe keep that in mind this is all people making things up and they're clear about it they're saying we believe the the idea is christian wilkins isn't worth the money because he isn't that guy to go get sacks uh but joshua christian wilkins had a sack in the playoffs two quarterback hits i don't necessarily know like we can sit here and have that twitter debate i don't know if that's exactly what the gm chris greer and and um, you know christian wilkins um, agency is really talking about as that line in the sand No, I think sacks get overblown because it's the easy statistic to look up. And, I mean, I think what Christian Wilkins does goes far beyond what the stats and things like that. So um, I say pay the man. We've been saying pay the man for, you know, the better part, again, six months. He would have been a lot cheaper if they would have just paid the man when we brought it up. Um, Anything else you guys want to talk about from the joint practice? Because that's what we're doing here, right? We're also talking about joint practice. Is that it? (laughs) No, I, I think we covered it. Uh, Merrick, we kind of had an interesting talk um, in our group chat because the beat reporters tweet so much about these practices, giving, you know, every play updates. Mm-hmm. And while we can sit here and say Tua threw an interception, Tyree killed a 70-yard reception, uh, two interceptions. We'll even throw them both out there. I don't necessarily know if that's a takeaway that can kind of build us towards the regular season. I, I think we're going to learn more from Lester Cotton. Not nearly as exciting as Tua throwing an interception. <laughs> I just think that we're learning more about this team from what's happening with like a Lester Cotton and a Robert Jones more than, oh no, Tua threw an interception on the last day of practice, which is, it is an interesting dialogue to have. Yeah, I mean, the play-by-play at training camp, uh, that drives everybody crazy. You know, some people live and die by each tweet uh, or zeet, and some people, uh, you know, some people wait until the end of practice and they kind of just they gather a general consensus from the beat writers you know what was the vibe today was it up was it down and by all accounts it was actually a very good day for the miami dolphins offense uh and if uh if if travis wingfield uh, who works for the dolphins now is to be believed that second interception that second pick six that jalen petrie the safety for the texans took to the house right at the end of practice that one shouldn't have even counted because uh hit tyreek I don't. I, they don't actually count. There's no. I don't believe they keep a, a record book for training camp stats. But uh, to Wingfield's point, apparently Tua threw a touchdown pass to Tyreek the play before that, and then they just respotted the ball at the twenty yard line because they were like, ah, there's a little bit more time. Let's let's see what we can do here. So in reality, Tua already led the team to a touchdown to end practice, and then they were like, eh, one more throw, and then he throws the pick six. So you do wonder, you know, where was Tua's head at there? Did he really care? Was it kind of like a YOLO moment where he's like, hey, I already got the touchdown here. Let's just see what we can do. Uh, You know, there's video of that on social media. If you'd like to find it, you can do a quick little search there. Uh, It was a great play by Petrie. 
But uh, by all accounts, it was also a very good day for the Miami Dolphins offense. So we can't just sit here and nitpick certain things. And also with these interceptions and with the offense, quote unquote, struggling in these joint practices, you got to remember, this is to his second year under Coach McDaniel. He's not trying to get you know, the, the base of the offense down, the core principles of the offense down. Now he's trying to go out here and do calculus, right? Like he's not doing addition, subtraction, uh, multiplication, division. He's out here doing the advanced calculus, trying to really, really dig into this offense and, and, and see how far he can take it. So that's going to lead to, you know, s- some more difficult pass attempts, uh, maybe some things that he wouldn't necessarily do on game day. Maybe he would just throw the ball away or, or, or crumble and take a sack. Not not that kind of sack, not the injury-causing uh, sack, like a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type where you just kind of fall at the defender's feet, uh, which hopefully he's learned to do. But, yeah, he's trying things in practice that he wouldn't try in a game because you're not really penalized for it in practice except for overzealous fans on social media that – you know, think the sky is falling. So I'm not mentioned it on podcasts. You're you're you meant you just did the whole thing. You are part of this group. You cannot say no. I'm trying to I'm trying to calm people down. I'm trying to calm them down. You calmed them down by telling the whole story. Yeah, yeah. We I I ran you I ran you through it. I painted a picture, right? I said what happened, but then I said what really happened, which is he threw a touchdown the play before. So I don't know if you know this, but after you score a touchdown on game day, they don't respot the ball. Was it game day? Was it game day? (laughs) But if it was game day, the touchdown would have happened. The six points would have been on the board, and they wouldn't have been like, ah, here's another throw from the 20. Let's see what you can do with that. You you don't take the points off the board. But regardless, everybody needs to calm down. It's practice. It was a good day for the offense. Uh, They're trying some new things out there, and and I think the Dolphins and Tua Tungabailoa will be better for it. And no Jalen Waddle today. So there you go. There's There's another excuse we can build in. He's another one they got a bubble wrap like the little kid from uh little, little giants. giants. They got a yeah. bubble wrap him and yeah, he's he's another one. I mean, I don't put too much stock into this training camp stuff. I heard you sitting there saying about people that used to follow it religiously. I was absolutely that person. That's the whole reason I ever got on X, I guess is what we call it now, right? The whole reason I ever joined like, you know, 15 years ago was just to read these play-by-plays, but as I get older, I'm fine with just, you know, recapping everything at the end of the day. So um, yeah, the two picks, not too worried about that, especially against a uh, D'Amico Ryan's defense. Um, I did like what I heard about the Miami Dolphins defense. I think Jaden Phillips had two sacks. There was video going around of Bradley Chubb getting completely stoned by um, Laramie Tunsil, and no pun intended with that. I mean, he was <laughs> one, he was one hand in him. And um, the Dalton Schultz thing, I saw he was unstoppable. So I was wondering where Eric Rowe was. Those were some of the things that classic really stood Dolphins, out. right? Can't yeah, cover classic. tight ends still. 